How did you like it? I didn't like it at all. <laughs> I was yeah. incredibly uncomfortable. How come? I, I just had never had to like talk about it that way. And also this was like, I don't know, five years ago at this point. Yeah. And I hadn't really like thought about myself as someone that had anxiety. Mm. Hi guys, and welcome back to another episode of Vulnerable. I am your host, Chelsea Vaughn. And today we have a very interesting, deep, helpful episode. I have a trauma recovery coach, Ali Cates, as my guest on the pod today. She is from California, but she happened to be in town in New York. And so I got her in here in the studio, and I'm so glad that I did. Um, we really dug deep and talked about like trauma, where it's stored, and how to handle it, and how to deal with it when it comes up in your relationship, especially in dating. Um, Ali herself has been through a lot. She has dealt with a lot of trauma and a lot of repressed trauma that she didn't realize until it came up and started affecting her in various ways. Um, so she got, she started going into coaching and then now she has herself become a coach and is helping people and helping women every day deal with their trauma. Um, and I found it really interesting just because I think a lot of us, I know I didn't necessarily think that, I don't know. I think I just didn't understand how much your body has to do with it. So she really emphasized the fact that all of, all of our trauma is stored in the body and kind of the only way to really release it is to deal with it on a body level. Um, so I just found the whole thing very interesting, enlightening. She also just gave us some mental health tips for women to do right now that are actionable if you don't necessarily have access to a trauma recovery coach. Um, so it's definitely a great episode that will be helpful to you. It was definitely helpful to me. And I hope that you guys love it. Here is Allie Cates. Hi, Ali. Hi. Welcome to the Vulnerable Studio. I'm so happy to have you here. I'm so excited to finally meet you. Yes, me too. We have been going back and forth on email for the longest, um, but I'm glad we were able to make this work, especially in person, because I feel like the virtual ones are not nearly as fun. <laughs> Thanks um, for so for anyone who doesn't know you, I like to start off with what's your age, what's your sign, and where are you from? Oh, I love that. Yeah, I love astrology. <laughs> I'm 30. I'm from Petaluma, California, which is like a small town outside of San Francisco. Okay. And I am a Aquarius, but I'm like on the cusp of like Aquarius and Capricorn. Okay. When's your birthday? January 20th. Okay. Right? right? That's like a cusper. I think so. Yeah. yeah. It's like the 20s are always kind of going one way or the other. Yeah. Um, what was the name of the town you're from? <laughs> Petaluma. Panaluma. Do you know where like Sonoma County is, where like all the wine is? Yeah, I've been there. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's in Sonoma County. Okay, cool. Yeah. I went on this cute little like wine tour in a Volkswagen. Have oh, you seen those? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like an old 70s like Volkswagen yes. and me and my friends. Like it was so fun. <laughs> I love that. Um, cool. So my first segment is called What's Going Vaughn? And what's something going on in your life right now that you're excited about? Oh, that's a good question. I feel like the thing that I'm the most excited about is helping my clients right now. It's been like a really cool season of just like building a business and 
like supporting people going through just like mental health and trauma recovery. Yeah. So I feel like that has been like, I'm sure, you know, like running a business is a lot. And yeah, yeah, it's cool to see it like actually start to like get some legs underneath it. Yeah, that's amazing. I feel like for you, especially like especially not that mine isn't like helping people, but you're like directly seeing the impact of what you're doing in people. So I feel like that's also got to be super, super rewarding. Yeah, it is. Um, so what exactly – I kind of like – obviously, I read your story. I know you've been through a lot in your life. We don't have to get into like all of that yeah, and yeah, everything. Yeah. But I do want to like hear how all of it kind of led you here and what it is exactly that you do because I don't know if anyone – people know exactly what a trauma like trauma recovery coach means. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'll try to give you like my reader's yeah. digest version <laughs> of it. Spark notes. Um, but like essentially my husband and I lose three people in nine and a half months and it brought up a lot of suppressed trauma that I had never dealt with and kind of shoved down save for a rainy day. Um, and I went into trauma recovery because I was like, what is this? I was yeah. at like my lowest low. Um, and this gentleman that I found in town, he was like, you're not going to believe me, but trauma is stored in the body, not the brain, right? Because when we think of trauma, we think of it being like, we need to go to therapy, which is helpful. But when you've gone through trauma, it's in your body, it's not in your brain. Mm. And so I had done all these things like CBT and talk therapy and neuroplasticity. And like, I went on like a healing quest to do everything. And it wasn't until I was able to get in my body that I felt a lot of relief from it. Hmm. Um, and then, you know, at that time I was like, you couldn't pay me enough to be in trauma recovery. Like I was like, there's no way I'm going to do this. I went to college for like communication and I thought I was going to be the next Aaron Andrews, like on the side of NFL talking to cute boys. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then I got really sick with late stage Lyme. I sat in an IV room for nine and a half months and it broke me down. And I was like, I need to help people because I've seen just the impact of how trauma recovery has helped me. Mm. So that is like my quick and dirty kind of yeah. reader's digest <laughs> version of my story. So you said trauma is not stored in the brain, it's stored in the body. Mm -hmm. Is it is it not stored in both? So when you're traumatized, your thinking brain, your like cognitive brain goes offline. Okay. So it's stored in the body. It's held in the body, right? Because all of us, like if you think about it, if we could outthink the stuff that's happened to us, we would all be healed, yeah. right? But it's like in the body. Yeah. The first place you feel anxiety is where? Your chest. Or your stomach. Yeah. Right? Like it's a body response. Yeah. And then it goes up to the brain. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. No, I definitely, I mean, I haven't had any sort of, I'm sure I've had traumas. <laughs> They're hiding under there somewhere. But um, I haven't really had any experience with like any sort of coaching or anything like that. Yeah. Um, so I just find that interesting. And when you said that, like, you had a lot of loss. Mm -hmm. And so all of these things started to come up. It was things that you didn't even remember happening. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So these like deaths brought up, we had, you know, three people in nine and a half months and then we went on to have seven people in two and a half years. And it was like so much was just coming up around like memories and like flashbacks and dreams and these things that I was like, oh, that kind of feels familiar, but it wasn't like, I was like, it feels separate from me. Yeah. Right? And then as I dug in and was doing the work more, it's like these memories were coming back up because I was getting into my body. So like your body holds these memories. So what do you mean when you say like getting into your body? Like what were mm -hmm. you doing in the coaching 
like physically? Yeah, like myofascial release, somatic experiencing. So like manual kind of manipulation to like help your body discharge. Um, and let me like back up because I feel yeah. like for all of my Dumb visual it down, learners. please. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so for all like my visual learners, the way that trauma happens is it's a it's a circle, right? So you have a trigger, you go into fight or flight, which we hear all the time if you're on TikTok, right? Then we have a discharge and then you go into rest and digest or parasympathetic. Okay. Right? You heal in parasympathetic. So you have this circle. I'm going to back up a little bit. But this gentleman named Peter Levine brought this into trauma recovery. He was like, how come animals out in the wild don't stay traumatized? Hmm. And specifically, how come prey aren't in constantly in fight or flight? And what he found was that they complete this stress cycle. Most of us go from being triggered to fight or flight and triggered to fight or flight. And we build this emotional charge. Okay. That emotional charge gets stored in your body. And it specifically gets stored in your fascia tissue. And your fascia tissue, there's research on this, can hold up to a 1,000 pounds of emotional charge in your body, right? Mm. So if you have that building in your body, it's like how come – I don't know if this ever happens to you, but just this happens to me. is like you are in a conversation and then you like have a big reaction. Or like for me, it was like being in a relationship and then I would have this like big emotional reaction to things, right? So right. it was showing up in my relationship a lot. And it was because this old charge never got to be released from my body. So for like visual learners, if you're a visual learner, like imagine you're like a little bunny rabbit out in the wild and we're following the circle, right? You're a bunny rabbit out in the wild. You hear a coyote over your right-hand shoulder. That's your like trigger. So you look over your right-hand shoulder and you're like, okay, this coyote's going to get me. You start running. You go into flight mode. You run, 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 and then you're like, okay, I'm like safe now. Then you discharge. You're like shaking or doing whatever you need to do. And then you're going to go and take a nap and you're going to drop into that parasympathetic. Okay. The tissue you were talking about, fascia tissue, mm -hmm. is that in a specific part of your body or is it like, like there's that tissue in your whole body? Whole body. Okay. And then – But people hold it in different places. Yeah. Yeah. And in your bunny rabbit example, <laughs> yes. like why as humans do we go back from – like, why do we keep going back and forth to the trigger instead of to the third stage you were talking about? You know, that's like a thing that's always talked about is because we aren't taught how to discharge, right? Like, when you think about it, if you think back in school, it's like if you have anger, what are you going to be told to do? It's like, oh, you're the weird one that has anger or like go to the principal's office because you have anger. Like, we're not taught how to appropriately deal with our anger or our sadness or whatever comes up. So then we just shove it down, right? We like disassociate from it, mm. right? So, so many women that I see are like, I don't have anger. And then we start tapping in and I'm like, no, you have anger and it's healthy. It's like a healthy survival response to have anger, Yeah. right? So we're just not taught, in my opinion, we're not taught how to actually discharge that pain because it's like shameful. Like, oh, you're going to start shaking after you have like a moment of intensity, like shut it down. Yeah. Like that's weird, right? Mm. Do you think that goes back to like, childhood like either what our parents said or our teachers said or whoever these authority figures were oh when we yeah were younger. completely because yeah. they weren't taught right yeah it's just a cycle yeah yeah <laughs> oh my god <laughs> and so this is like where you come in i guess so when somebody realizes like oh shit i have a lot of trauma mm -hmm. and then they go to you are you doing physical these physical things with patients I am in person or I'm doing somatic experiencing. So like what I explained to you about like that circle, this gentleman I'm studying under him, Peter Levine, and you can do somatic experiencing, not like 
touching someone, right? So it doesn't have to be physical. Okay. Can yeah. you explain what the somatic experience is? Yeah. So you're helping people find like the best way I can break it down on a basic level is you're helping people find like resources in their body that feel safe versus the place in their body that doesn't feel safe. And it's hard to like put into words because we're working with the body. Right. Whenever I tell people this and they're like, what are you talking about? I'm like, <laughs> I'll give you a session. Like if you want a session <laughs> so you can experience it. But like it's like it's hard to put into words. But essentially you're helping people complete those little cycles. Yeah. Okay. I guess I'm kind of just like I, I want to know literally what you're doing in the sessions. Yeah. Is that not – you can't – like, you can't explain that unless we are doing it? Yeah. I mean, it's hard to, like – it's hard – I mean, I'm helping you complete the cycle, right? Okay. So if, like, if I was working with you, for example, I'd be like, hey, where are you feeling an emotional charge? And then you would be like, I'm feeling it in my chest. And then you'd be like, okay, what does that feel like? And then we talk about what it feels like in your body. Most people are like, I don't know what it feels like. I don't want to be in my body. Mm. Right. So then you're going back and forth between helping them find safety in their body and feeling unsafe. Okay. Yeah. Got Does it. Does that explain your – Yes. Okay. <laughs> um, I actually went to a therapist one time and – I mean, I've been, to, <laughs> I've been to therapy a bunch of times, but I started with my current therapist during COVID, so I've actually never met her, which is crazy. Yeah. Yeah. It's been all virtual for years. There's a woman out there that knows everything oh about my, my life and I've never <laughs> met her. Um, but with my – ex way back ex right before we broke up we went to a couple's therapist and he was like <clears throat> excuse me mm -hmm. he was asking me about my anxiety and like asking me to describe it as like a literal thing mm -hmm. and comparing it to like like does it feel like this does it feel like a brick wall does it feel like if it like if you were to describe the brick wall would it like be malleable would it be this would it be that mm -hmm. and it was like a whole thing um, which just reminded me of what you said. Yeah. How'd you like it? I didn't like it at all. <laughs> it was yeah. Incredibly uncomfortable. How come? I, I just had never had to like talk about it that way. And also this was like, I don't know, five years ago at this point. Yeah. And I hadn't really like thought about myself as someone that had anxiety. Mm, yeah. Um, so then when he was like describing or when I had to describe it, he was like, so it sounds like you're anxious. And I was just like, in my mind, I wasn't connecting this because I was just like, oh, I don't have anxiety. Like, that's I don't have that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. But then I was able to later relate those like feelings because I feel anxious in my chest. Like, mm -hmm. I don't know if other people feel it in the stomach or whatever. Um, but when I'm mine's, a stomach gal. Okay. Yeah. When mine's really bad, it feels like pressure on my chest. Mm -hmm, yeah. Um, and not even like, I wouldn't say burning, but like, Maybe burning is the right – I don't know. It just feels like very much pressure here. I haven't felt that in a while, thank God. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, that experience at the therapist's office made me so uncomfortable that like I – Like you wanted like, to crawl out of your skin. Yeah. Yeah. And leave. Like yeah. I cried in the bathroom on the way out because I was just like, that was a lot. <laughs> yeah. And most people have that reaction, right? Because yeah. it's like we're not taught like, okay, well, how are you feeling it in your body? Like yeah. this is a lot to actually feel. You're like, no, no, no. I want to like float around. Like you kind of want to disassociate yeah. right, from the feeling. Yeah. I was just in, I guess, denial at that point because I was like anxiety. I don't know her. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I want to go back to therapy because – or just like traditional non-therapy yeah, yeah, yeah. because I feel like Obviously, there's a lot of therapists on TikTok. Like, it's a big hot topic. Yeah. Everyone, like, I feel like guys now know that, like, girls want a guy that's in therapy. So they just, like, say they're in therapy to be hot. <laughs> <laughs> Is that, like, on the dating apps? You're like, yeah. you must go to yeah, therapy. Literally. Yeah, literally. And, like, in their bio, they'll be like, I'm in therapy. 
You're like, like okay. you're not fooling us, sir. <laughs> but I wanted to kind of talk about what you feel, like where you feel therapy is kind of like missing mm-hmm. the, the, mark. Tra- the yeah. mark on trauma. Yeah. Yeah. So one is like, I think therapy is so helpful. I think it is so helpful for like actually validating your feelings and what's going on and what has happened. Right? Totally. Where therapy misses the mark is that it doesn't work with the body. And so when you have gone through trauma, your thinking brain, your cognitive brain is offline. So you can't really work with your cognitive brain if it's offline. Mm. Right? Yeah. So that's where like I have a lot of clients that have been like, I've been to 10 years of talk therapy. And then we're like helping them get in their body. And that takes – and it's uncomfortable. Like that experience that you're saying. Right. It is so painful. You're like, I do not want to be here. Because you've cognitively understood like, oh, this is anxiety or this is whatever it is. And so you like can understand it thinking about it. But actually feeling it in your body is so disarming. Do you think that you need to go through the therapy talking part before you can even get to the body part? I think it depends on who you are for sure. Yeah. Like for me, you know, kind of like the hill that I will die on in mental health is that talk therapy, if you have been through trauma, you need some type of body integration because your body is holding on to the trauma, right? But I do think that it has helped me in the past. It has been an incredible tool. But like I, for me, the thing was, is that I had been through like CBT and EMDR and hypnotherapy and neuroplasticity. And like none of those things were moving the needle because they weren't like addressing the body piece of it because of the trauma, right? And you went through all those things after you realized, like uncovered, that everything that you were repressing. Yeah. I mean, it was – I went through those things when I was feeling that, like, that day when I was, like, 22 and all of this stuff came up in a really big way. I was feeling, you know, so overwhelmed that I went on this healing quest. And I had been to, like, counseling and therapy before in, like, childhood and teenage years. Um, And that's when I tried everything, like, CBD – CBT and not CBT. (laughs) CBD too. Uh, yeah, <laughs> scratch that. <No. laughs> um, CBT. Um, and then after I tried everything and I was like, oh my gosh, what's wrong with me? This isn't working is when I found someone that helped me do the work to get in my body and was doing the myofascial and the somatic experiencing work. Yeah. So, and that is what moved the needle for me. Got it. I feel like everyone has trauma. Like on a small level. Do you agree with that? Like, do you think that there's not one single person walking around the world that doesn't have some sort of trauma? You know, what's funny is like I go back and forth between that because I think that it's defined by the person, right? And what they've gone through. Right. So I feel like for me, I can't be like, oh, everyone has trauma or everyone doesn't. Yeah. I think it's up for them to like uncover that. But I'm with you is that like the general theme is that everyone has been through something. No one's gone unscathed. Right. Yeah. But I guess you're right because it depends on how you're defining it. Because if I – if someone sat here and was like, hey, do you have any trauma? Or like a, if I was on a date and people were like, yeah, I have a, tra- a lot of trauma in my life, like blah, blah, blah. And I'm yeah. like, I don't relate. Like yeah. I personally wouldn't be like that. But then there are things that I probably don't understand that are affecting me and like coming out in other ways. Do you know what I mean? Yes. Like you didn't know that when you were 22. No. Well, you couldn't remember a lot of things that happened to you. And what if there are things down 
deep down in me that I literally don't remember. Yeah, <laughs> right. Exactly. Like my thing was that I knew that it was affecting my like personal relationship. Like, do you watch Yellowstone? No. Okay. Do you know who Beth Dutton is? Mm-mm. Okay. Well, yeah. Sorry. She's like this character <laughs> who like essentially can – she's like a lawyer and she can like drop you with her words. Like she goes into fight mode a lot and can drop you with her words. That was me. It's like anytime I was feeling any sort of vulnerable or anything with my partner, like I would just cut him where it hurts. And mm. I was like, I don't know where this is coming from. Like I would get so triggered, right? Because the past, my past relationships were being brought into my present relationships and then I was reenacting them on Ryan. Yeah. And that's trauma. Right. As you're taking your past, you're bringing it into your present, and you're reenacting it in the present moment and being like validated that this is what's happening. Yeah. But how do you differentiate from personal trauma Mm -hmm. and like a traumatic relationship? Like, because I feel like I've had trauma that has stemmed from previous partners. Yeah. So it's like, okay, this guy used to do this to me all the time. So then in my new relationship, it manifests like this. Yeah. But that's, I can connect those dots and understand that like, because this guy was emotionally unavailable and I felt like I had to beg him for attention. Now when he does this, it triggers me. You know what I mean? Yes. That's not coming from like a, something that happened to me in my childhood necessarily. Yeah. But it's still considered trauma. Yeah. I mean, but then I would ask you the question is like, are you like, are you sure that that's not something that happened in childhood? Well, no. (laughs) (laughs) Do you know what I mean? Like, I mean, no, I can't confirm or deny if we all are walking around with like repressed memories. Like, (laughs) I don't know. Yeah. And maybe like it could it could go back to like, well, why did I pick guy A when he was emotionally available? Okay, then maybe something in my childhood because of, you know what I mean? Totally. Like it's all connected. Yeah. Which is crazy. Yeah. Um, yeah, this is like I could go down a rabbit hole with all this because <laughs> I am such a like overthinker in that way where I'm just like, I could I wonder. I would but love to know. That's where like cognition, like that's where like people that have been to therapy are like, I know where everything is. Like <laughs> I know that this trigger is this and this and this. And I'm like, right, let's pause right here and like get you into your body. And then they're like, no, 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 because actually it feels more comfortable to stay in my brain. Yeah. Like I was working with a client last night and she'd been to talk therapy for like 10 plus years. And I was like, okay, let's get you in your body. And she was like, this feels really uncomfortable. Right. And then you're like, okay. Like we're just working with that, like just level of uncomfort. Yeah. Bringing you back to safety, right? Because she's like, but I want to make meaning over it. Like, I want to know why this is happening. Mm, that's me. <laughs> yeah. It's most of us. I feel like everyone that I talk to is like, we always want to make meaning over the thing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I feel like it It sounds like both can be helpful. Yeah. Because, yeah, I mean, I get a lot of, I feel like, um, good out of talking in therapy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I also think it's good when you're like pushed to be more uncomfortable. Because when I first started talking in therapy, I was very uncomfortable. Yeah. Because I'm just not, uh, I haven't been in the past a super vulnerable person. This is a stranger. Like, I don't want to tell them. Like, I feel like the first four to six sessions with my therapist, like we were just shooting the shit. <laughs> yeah. Because I was just like, what, I'm, you're going to have to dig with me. Like you have to kind of go there. And she was just letting me say whatever I wanted to say until I got comfortable. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, we can do this all day. Um, and eventually we got there. But yeah, I think I, I, I'm at the point where like, I'm not that uncomfortable talking about it anymore. But mm-hmm. I feel like if there was a body experience, I would be very uncomfortable. But look at how much growth there is. Yeah. And like you have a podcast. I know I would. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like talking it's about. Vulnerable. I know. Yeah. yeah. 
But how cool is that? Like, that's a lot of growth. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. Yeah, no, it's, I mean, I would not have been able to do this five years ago, um, for sure. But how, like, let's bring this back to relationships. Yeah. Let's say you're dating someone and maybe they're triggered by some things Mm -hmm. or that you're doing. Yeah. Okay. And you don't necessarily understand why or like it's come and they don't necessarily understand why. Mm, Like how can you kind of navigate around trauma when it comes to dating? Because whoever you're dating might not even understand. Yeah, that's the hard piece of it, right? Because then you have like what's called like a trigger fest where like this partner is triggered by what you're doing and then you're trying to keep together and then you're triggered by what they're doing and then you're like, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. And no one, no one's rational brain is online when yeah. this is happening, right? Yeah. So that's where it becomes challenging is like when you have, when you're triggered, you don't have no regulation in your nervous system. You're in that flight mode. You're that bunny rabbit running away from the like coyote. Right. Right. So doing something like, I don't know if I was working with a client where they were – give me a little bit more context. Like they were – and it can be hypothetical. (laughs) I know. I'm like immediately goes to examples. (laughs) You're like, uh, what do I say? Yeah, not trying to – yeah. Let me think about something. Okay. Let's say someone that was cheated on. Okay. So – so yeah. they really want to be a secure partner in this relationship. Their new partner has done nothing to make them like think that they're untrustworthy, mm-hmm. but they are triggered because they see like them talking to another girl when they're out or like they see them texting a girl that's a girlfriend yeah. or they're looking at their Instagram likes and they saw like they followed a bunch of new girls when they were out with their boyfriend, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like something that triggers someone that's been cheated on because I don't know if they have trust issues or mm. whatever. Um, d- that's my hypothetical example. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so then that would be, I mean, that's like trauma right there, right? Cheating. Well, yeah, it's like the past right. is being b- brought into the present and then you're reenacting that in the present. So this thing that happened in the past, like the cheating that happened in the past, you're bringing that into the present because your body's like, oh my gosh, these are the signals that I should have been paying attention to to catch what was happening. Yeah. Right? Which is like a healthy response. Right. Is being like, oh my gosh, I should have known these things. Right? Yeah. And then you're like, well, I need to catch it now. So I need to freak out now so that I don't get vulnerable and I don't get scared and I don't get hurt. Yeah. So then you're like, I'm going to do the thing. And then they're like, well, you're sabotaging the relationship because you're doing the thing. And you're like, well, because what's happening? Right. And it doesn't make logical sense because it's it's a body response. Like I can relate to this. Like I was never cheated on, but I saw my mom be cheated on by her partner. And so I would pick up on these little habits, right, of like what was happening. Right. And then I'm like, why is this mine? Like I was never cheated on. How come this is mine? But it was because there was like this feeling of like, oh, this is what's going to happen to me. Right. Mm-hmm. And so it's such a body response. It doesn't make sense. Like when I'm talking about it right now, it's like it doesn't make sense. Or yeah. if you talk to a girlfriend, they'd be like, you're fine. That's not making sense. Yeah. And it's because it's a body response. Like your body's telling you it, it makes sense. Right. And then you're affirmed. You're like, no, no, no. You're cheating on me. <laughs> right. <laughs> okay. So then how do you fix it? Like if you're not going to a trauma recovery coach mm-hmm. and you're just a regular, schmegular person dating. Yeah. <laughs> like how do you stop? this 
cycle then because nobody wants to be in their relationship thinking their partner is a cheater when they're not even cheating on them. Yeah. <laughs> I would say if you're not working with someone. Right. Like, yeah, yeah. Let me, let me. Yeah. Because is, is the only solution, I guess. I don't think it's realistic for everyone to be going to a trauma recovery coach. 100%. I would say writing down your pattern of like, okay, this is the thing that triggers me. So writing down like, or even going back like a, a second before you get triggered, which can be really hard, but like, what's the thing that happens right before I get triggered? And then writing that down and like following the loop. Like, okay, then I freak out and then I spiral in my head and then I get depressed and then I call a girlfriend and then she rationalized me and then he comes home and then I still freak out when I'm and like, and then it happens again. So like noticing your pattern mm -hmm. so that you can try to catch your pattern before it's happening. Got it. I would say would be the thing. But that's also a rational brain thinking. Yeah. So when you're in the moment and you are triggered, it takes a lot to pull yourself out of that place. Right. If you don't have like tolerance in your nervous system to do that. Yeah. My thing with it is like I feel like it's – going back and forth between trusting your intuition and knowing mm. that you're – you know what I mean? Yes. Like, because I could sit here and be like, okay, rationally, I know that I have trust issues because I was cheated on. So I can see where I'm getting triggered and where it's going to go and where it's going to end up and, mm -hmm. and talk myself out of it and be like, well, you're being irrational. He's not doing anything. Like, whatever. Yeah. But then it's like the other part of me is – hello, we're supposed to trust our intuition. Like if I feel something, especially if you feel it in your body, if you feel a reaction towards someone in your body that's like not right, or if you just like, just mm -hmm. have a feeling in your gut that something is happening, then how do I know the difference? <laughs> well, that's hard. Yeah. Because like most people, if you have a trauma response, it's a, it's a visceral body feeling. And people, a lot of people do not know how to discern that from what's actually a trauma response. Right. So people would be like, it's my intuition. It's and my then we gut. like work through it. And you're like, actually, this is your trauma response. Mm. And then you make meaning over that thing. Right. So you're like, I'm getting this gut hit that like someone's cheating on me. I have to do the thing. Right. And then you do the thing and you're like, oh, okay, that wasn't actually reality. Right. Yeah. Or the time that it is, you're like, see, I knew it. <laughs> so then your trauma response is like affirmed. That that's your intuition. Mm. That's tough. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's complex. It's sticky. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, let's take a quick break. And then when we come back, I want to hear – you said you had like three tools for women that you could kind of action and do right now. Yeah. So let's do that after the break. I want people to feel like when they're listening to this episode, like yeah. they can definitely walk away with some tips or like things to help them mental health wise. So what do you think are like some tools that you could tell women right now um, to help just mental health? -wise? Yeah, I would say the first thing is just acknowledging the emotion. And I know that these things sound basic, but I feel like they're really important is if you've never seen the emotions wheel, have you ever seen the emotions wheel? It looks kind of like a kindergarten thing, but it's like a wheel and it like has all these different emotions on it. I feel like I have. Okay. Yeah. So no, there's I like, Google it. <laughs> <laughs> so there's like these emotion wheel and it's like in the middle are the primary emotions, like anger, sadness, right? And then as you tease it out, you can see like what the bigger emotions are. Okay. I see it. So yeah. <laughs> right. So if like, if you're feeling angry, yeah, you see it? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. If, if you're feeling happiness, you can kind of like tease that out to actually get to the emotion. 
Because so often we say like, I'm feeling sad, but maybe you're actually feeling like remorseful or you're feeling resentful or like what's the actual emotion that you're feeling? Okay. So like sad, it fans out to lonely, hurt, disappointed. Yes. Anger fans out to jealousy, annoyed, bored. Okay. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) And then embarrassed, it's like you're actually feeling ashamed, excluded, or guilty. Okay, Mm -hmm. got it, got it. Yeah. Okay. And just teasing it out to be like, what's the actual thing that I'm feeling? Right. Because oftentimes we're like, oh, I'm feeling sad. I'm feeling angry. It's like, well, go a little bit deeper. Right. So the first thing is acknowledge your emotion. The second thing, the tricky part here, but really helpful, is where does that emotion live in your body? How how are you supposed to find that? <laughs> so that's the tricky part, right? Okay. Is actually being like, okay, I'm feeling anger. Where am I feeling that? In my jaw? Mm. Is my tongue on like the roof of my mouth? Do you think that just sitting with yourself in that feeling, like maybe you just like lay down or like you're meditating or you close your eyes or something, like that helps you find where you're feeling in your body? Yeah. Or even just like walking around, like as you're doing something so it's like okay you're feeling angry and as you do this over and over you're gonna get like more clear with it right but like okay you're i don't know walking around and you're like i'm feeling angry right now this person's really pissing off that's walking next to me and then you're like okay where am i feeling that in my body like oh well my jaw's really tight it's like a common one yeah or like oh i feel like my shoulders are pinched back or my my like i'm up here right like my hands are clenched Mm -hmm. so then you're like oh interesting I'm like ready to go, you know? <laughs> yeah. So noticing where it is in your body yeah. like would be the biggest. And it's tricky and it's like it takes work. But just coming back to those two things. And then the last thing I would say is actually just like allowing yourself to sit in that emotion and being like it's okay to not be okay. Yeah. And it's okay that you're feeling this emotion. So yeah. those would be my three tips because most of us are like, we want to run over the thing. We don't want to feel the sadness. We don't want to feel the anger or any of it. And so it's just being like, it's okay to not be okay. Like, right. and it's okay to feel this thing right now. Yeah. I think those are really good ones because I – it sounds silly. Like, I feel like it sounds so simple to say, like, identify what you're feeling. Mm-hmm. But I feel like that's something that I learned in therapy because I was just so – dismissive I think yeah of my own feelings and it also is really important to like name the feeling and then accept what you're feeling yes which again sounds very simple <laughs> and like very basic but it's yes. hard yeah but it is hard yeah um and then I think once you do that like it just wants to be recognized yeah like I was reading this book called Untethered Soul and basically so good yeah <laughs> we love Michael Singer yeah and um it's like your subconscious just wants to be like recognized and heard, I guess. Mm-hmm. So it's like if I'm feeling – if you're feeling anger, you could just be like, okay, I'm angry. Acknowledge it and then be like, why am I angry? Cool. Get to the bottom of it. Cool. And then you can let it go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I feel like that's something that I went through a break of recently. Mm-hmm. And I think having that knowledge and being able to do that something that I hadn't been able to do in previous breakups. Yeah. And I think it got me to feeling better faster. Yeah. Because I did let myself like just sit in it and feel it because I mean that really sucks when you're doing it. But I think you heal faster when you it's it's faster way from point A to point B mm-hmm. than ignoring your stuff. And then like two years later, it comes out in an argument with your new boyfriend. Exactly. <laughs> I was just going to say that. Exactly. And you're like, this is not about what's happening. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then the body thing, I think even what you said about just just asking yourself that question alone, I think makes 
a difference because like that's not something I would normally ask myself if I'm like feeling anything Mm -hmm. like where where am I feeling this but as soon as you have that conscious thought about it then you realize your hands are clenched or your shoulders are like high you know yeah 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 so those are really good ones um amazing this has been so great I have one final question for my guests I ask is there anything that you want to be vulnerable about like anything currently on your mind or you want to share anything you want um yeah i feel like i was really anxious coming today really yeah wait why i don't know i just was like so like i don't know it's so funny right because i do this work but i was like oh my gosh i'm gonna get there on time like i'm not from new york like what's happening that's fair (laughs) (laughs) but i was just like i don't know i was a little bit anxious yeah like coming into this and like with the lights in the studio and But I'm, like, so grateful to be here and, like, for you to have me. Oh, that's so sweet. Yeah. I'm glad that you came and that you let go of the anxiety and showed up. Are you – do you not normally do, like, not lights, camera, action (laughs) situation? (laughs) No, I've done, like, a couple in-person podcasts um, that have been local. But – and I've done, like, on Zoom. But I don't know. I think it was just – New York has a different energy. It does. And like I come from like Sonoma County. It's like very like – it's like rural compared to this. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like it's not, but it is. Are you still living there now? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. In okay, Petaluma. Cool. Um, but yeah, I mean it's just a different – it's a different vibe. Yeah. You feel everyone's energy. Yeah. Yeah. But I feel like once you say that out loud, like – it kind of makes it go away. Hopefully you're not yes. feeling super anxious no, anymore. No, no. <laughs> but it's like whenever I'm like nervous about something, I feel like if I just address it, I'm like, oh, I'm nervous right now. Then yeah. I'm like, okay, I can – it's fine. Let it go. Where were you feeling the anxiety in your – Oh, my stomach. <laughs> in your stomach? My stomach. I was like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's always my stomach. Oh. I know. <laughs> well, I'm glad that you pushed through. I'm so glad you were here. I Thank feel like – People will definitely get something helpful from this episode. I know I learned a lot just sitting here in these 30 minutes. Um, So please tell people where they can find you and your work. Yeah. Um, So everything is AllieCates.co. So on Instagram, TikTok, my website, you can find me there. Perfect. Well, thank you, Ali. Thank you so much. If you guys want to watch this full episode, we're on YouTube at VulnerablePod. And you can find me at Chelsea Vaughn on Instagram. But we'll see you next episode. Bye.